0: Welcome to Bunte Vista, episode 165. I looked that up right before oh, we started. God
1: damn it. Correct. Oh, yes, it's
0: 165. Thank you. Episode 165. I am Andrew and I'm here at a hostage negotiation. Uh, being the caring and loving members of the police that we are, we are here to do the right thing. Glasses fogging up, holding a bullhorn in one shaking hand while he Googles reverse psychology on his phone. It's Theo. <laughs> hey, um,
2: so just be be kind, okay. If you if you don't have any feedback
0: that's positive,
2: just uh, you know,
0: I'm trying my best. Are you saying that to me or to the hostage? Station? I'm saying this <laughs> directly into the bullhorn. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Well, you keep at it, buddy. You know, um, maybe maybe post something on Reddit. See if you can get any replies over there. Mm-hmm. Maybe a Quora post on how to resolve this situation. <laughs> Would have it sorted out nice and quickly. Over in the SWAT van, where she should be watching the video feed from the security cameras inside, but instead she's watching Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Playoffs, <laughs> where the Islanders hold a two-goal lead over her <laughs> beloved Flyers. It's losing.
3: Oh, that's meta. <laughs> don't like this. Don't like it. everyone knowing that that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> Listen, I don't negotiate. Well, you're not supposed with to be
0: doing that in the van, to be fair.
3: Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Whatever.
0: Um, Is this more of a situation where if Game 7 doesn't work out, we're going to have two people up there that we're trying to knock out?
3: That's exactly right.
0: (laughs) Okay. Uh, And inside the building, rappelling down through the ceiling to murder the hostage taker from behind, only to wind up upside down with his dick and balls (laughs) tangled very tightly in the ropes. It's bent. I would be embarrassed about this if
1: it wasn't exactly the sort of thing that I was into. This is actually a wonderful outcome for me. I'm feeling sexually gratified and I'm about to fucking murk this fool.
0: Yeah, they're hanging upside down, face turning bright red, big smile. <laughs> Imagine if
1: this was
2: something that happened in every Tom Clancy novel. Like, it's the thing that he just tried to shoehorn in every time. It's, like...
0: it's not like uh, all those real incidents with Navy SEALs where they would go, hey, let, we're going to drop you 500 meters offshore next to this cliff, and then they all just drown. Which has happened a bunch of times, apparently. Well, they should stop oh, doing cool. that.
3: <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a bad idea.
0: Have you seen that the uh, the guy from SEAL Team
1: 6, who is, like, credited with... Uh, he's really specific with his wording. He says that he put a bullet in Osama Bin Laden, mm. uh, but he, doesn't yeah. say that he killed him, yeah. um, which is very confusing. But he's very, very active on social media as, like, a MAGA influencer sure type is. guy. He's <laughs> just, just fucking, like... You'd think maybe... You know, took out America's Most Wanted, or at least was there at the time. You probably don't need to do little hashtag games and stuff. You can probably just, like, live out the rest of your days without that. It's so weird. Surely your existence
2: would be just going from bar to bar, getting free drinks for the rest of your life.
1: Just being like, oh, by the way.
2: Hey, yeah, I put a bullet in in Mm. bin Laden, so... um, Enjoying your PTSD for the rest of your life. Yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He did that, he... Uh, post a photo of himself on like a Delta Airlines flight right. without a mask and just posted it with the caption, I'm not a pussy, and then <laughs> immediately got kicked off the flight.
3: <laughs> Didn't they ban him or something?
1: I hope so. They did. Did so. his wife like ask him to take the post down or something as well? Yeah, <laughs> something like that. He was like, I took it down
3: because my wife said so. <sighs> Respect.
1: And then his like response to it after that happened was like, oh, thank God the flight in to kill Osama bin Laden wasn't Delta. <laughs> You're like, I don't understand what the significance of that would be. But <laughs> and you it also, would have been didn't your helicopter crash? <laughs> yep, and it wasn't even like struck by enemy fire. They just hit a wall. <laughs> <laughs> it rules that you can go online and this, like,
2: there is just this beaming into your brain and there's nothing you can do about it.
3: You can Just log off, but you, you can't really well, do
1: anything. None nothing us will. can do about it's it. There's absolutely no action you can undertake to remove yourself <laughs> from the situation. It's kind of good, though, that, like, you know, on the whole, cyberbullying, probably bad. Uh, kids at home, if you're listening, Especially please if keep it's that on in mind. <laughs> mm. But it is good that you can, like, you, a person of... Not much Not you particularly Theo I mean people generally You don't have to be a famous person You don't have to be anything But if you get the perfect reply You can force The guy that put a bullet in Osama Bin Laden To read a tweet where you call him a fucking idiot Which is really beautiful It gets this (laughs) real like Egalitarian approach to communication in the world Where if you own someone just enough It'll be forced to go to the top of the replies And they'll have to see it It's
0: really quite beautiful you love to see it I just, I don't know wh- who looks at like the last 10 years and says, I'm going to be Chris Kyle too. Like the whole Chris Kyle thing didn't seem to work out that great. He's someone who went around afterwards going, Hey, remember all those people I domed? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> this guy is doing the, I'm the guy who shot Osama bin Laden. No. It's no good. Chris Kyle, uh, the the guy that everybody remembers as the dude who made up everything. <laughs> everything <laughs> that he claimed to have done. Uh, clearly made up that entire thing. And I suspect that that's the same with this guy. Probably. Maybe, maybe clipped, clipped Osama's ankle as somebody else was <laughs> shooting him directly in the forehead. And he was like, it still counts. Just whispered him. to himself. While well, well, Osama was, was, was
1: busy playing counts. a 64 emulator, didn't even know he was in the room. <laughs>
0: Uh, so, you know, we're all, we're all good, good police, uh, like they all are. What's going on with the police in Queensland, Ben, who I believe you personally trained? Yes, that's true. Uh,
1: it's, I didn't really want to talk about what my day job is on the (laughs) podcast ever, but I'm the guy that trains Queensland police. Oh boy. Uh, so this is not a funny story. Uh, I'm probably just going to put that little bit of preamble here. Uh, this is, this is something that has been unfolding for a very long time, uh, but this is... It's somehow gotten even worse. This is a story from The Guardian. A Queensland police officer who leaked address of domestic violence victim has conviction overturned. A Queensland court has overturned a suspended jail sentence and conviction handed to a police officer who hacked into a confidential computer system and leaked the address of a domestic abuse victim to her violent former partner. Uh, So this... Uh, ...happened quite a while ago, but it's now just gone back to the courts and um, he's had it overturned. uh, Because apparently any form of justice on this will be just too much. Uh, Senior Constable Neil Punchard pleaded guilty to nine counts of computer hacking last year... ...and was initially sentenced to two months prison, uh, wholly suspended. On Tuesday, the Queensland District Court set aside those penalties... ...ordered Punchard to instead complete 140 hours of community service... And determined that no conviction be recorded, Punchard was stood down from frontline duty in 2018 and formally suspended in 2019 on full pay. Classic cop move.
0: Mm. To punish uh, you, you will be having a holiday.
1: Congratulations, and I hope you learn your lesson. Uh, the successful appeal and lack of recorded conviction may mean police are now unable to sack him. In 2014, Punchard accessed two separate police computer systems to attain the address of a woman and other details. He sent it to her estranged husband, his childhood friend. The recipient of the text message would later be convicted of domestic violence offence. Uh, he threatened to kill his former wife and strap bombs to their children. Huh. Hmm. Just tell her you know where she lives and leave it at that. Lol. Punchard wrote to his Jesus. friend after sending the address. In another message, he said, "The police will contact you if they want to speak to you. Then you give them my name. That is your get out of jail free card." Fucking
3: wow! Hell. It's just right out there. It's, it's right, right the choir out there, part right? Loud.
1: Uh, in his decision, uh, oh goodness, uh, district court judge Craig Chowdery, Craig Chowdery, Craig Chowdery said he Cra- took into Craig account. Craig Chowdery. <laughs> He took into account Punchard's age, 54, and his likelihood of gaining other employment if sacked from the police service.
3: Oh, come on.
0: It's funny because, like, uh, you would assume that the types of people making this sort of decision were quite conservative socially. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And isn't the whole thing with uh, conservative governments these days that they're like, we want elderly people to have the dignity... Of working, of continuing to work <laughs> at Bunnings until mm. they are seventy-five, so that we can stretch the pension out a bit further.
1: Oh, look, please, I'm sure there's no security company in Australia that would happily hire a uh, cop that had domestic violence issues against his name. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was no specific evidence before me that a conviction would result in the appellant's dismissal from the police service, but that was the implication made by the solicitor for the appellant
0: in the court below. So it wasn't even. <laughs> It wasn't even like, you know, proved to anybody's satisfaction. No. It was just like there was a bit of a vibe. There was a vibe. There's a, in the there's case. a vibe mm. that
2: he might get fired from the police, a place where he definitely should not be working. Mm-hmm. Mm. But instead, it's safest to keep him with all the other police where they can keep an eye on oh, him, make me. sure that he doesn't do anything
1: else bad. Mm,
3: keep him honest.
1: Uh, logically, a conviction for a serious offense would result in an officer's yes! dismissal. Mm. You yep. Yeah, you would hope so.
3: <laughs> you would really hope so.
1: Huh. Uh, the judgment said there was, quote, no evidence put before the court to indicate that Punchard was aware of any allegation of domestic violence and that the officer had claimed he checked whether any order was in place before acting. So they're saying that uh, he's gone, oh, well, there isn't a DVO on the books yet, although there will be one in time. But he's also sending text messages saying, fuck her up.
3: Tell her you know where hmm. she lives.
1: And then when yeah. you get in trouble, uh I will get you off the hook because
0: I'm a police officer.
1: And that's how the law works.
0: He should have covered his tracks by sending some text messages that said, um Hey, here's the location of your wife who I don't know anything about the reason you can't find her. Your wife who you have misplaced. <laughs> you know?
3: Oh. Um, Is this
1: bleak? It's very bad. And this is only half of it. Uh, in deciding not to record a conviction, Chowdhury also took into account the serious nature of the offences. The Punchard had already been disciplined by the police service. The Punchard had some symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder at the time. And his, quote, otherwise good character attested to by referees, including senior police officers. Oh, cool. the Very other cops cool. said he's oh, a nice guy. He must yeah. be
3: one. Oh, fuck
1: me. Jesus All the Christ. other
3: domestic violence guys said that I'm good.
1: So, the, the Guardian did another follow-up article on this, which had uh, a few more details. Um, the officer, Senior Sergeant Neil Punchard, suggested in text message that his childhood friend should, quote, let loose on Julie and, quote, fuck her over. Uh, text messages exchanged, uh, exchanges show Punchard suggested he could turn up unannounced to one family law hearing, quote, and see Julie shit herself with me there. Uh, Punch-out appears to have thought it was funny when he sent a home address to Ronald. This is the name of, well, a, a pseudonym they're using for a former husband. Uh, just let her, just tell her you know where she lives and leave it at that, lol, he wrote in a text message. Discovered on an old phone two years later. I await the email and her reply, lol. She will fucking explode, LaMau. How
3: old are these guys? Jesus mm-hmm. Christ.
1: Um, In another message, he said, I have completed an email draft to send to the bitch that will hopefully make her shit herself. So I want to go over it with you before I send it to you. Uh, So, you know, sort of maybe shows that his intentions were not benign.
3: Mm, I wouldn't Mm -hmm. say that they're good.
1: Just a bit. Uh, But, of course, it's okay because uh, the police really cracked down on this guy. Continuing from the Guardian here, uh, police initially took internal disciplinary action against Punchard. His pay was docked roughly $10 a week for a year.
3: <laughs> oh, it's
1: so mm, good and normal. Police
2: said he had to drop down from five gigabytes to three gigabytes on his
1: mobile <laughs> plan. <laughs> uh, they decided to keep the matter God in-house the and not to pursue criminal charges for uh, computer hacking. That's very nice of them. Well, they took care of it. Yeah, they took care of it. Uh, Police twice lost CCTV footage allegedly showing Ronald committing acts of family violence.
3: Jesus Christ, come on.
1: After the first instance at a McDonald's restaurant in Brisbane, Julie had confirmed with staff that the footage could be saved. Police later told her it could not be recovered.
3: Mm, Fascinating.
1: The second time, police taped over evidence of Ronald allegedly confronting Julie at a courthouse. When she complained about the bungle to an officer designated to handle her case... He told Julie not to contact him again about her petty domestic violence matter. An audio recording of the conversation made by Julie was played on national television. Police ended an investigation because they could find no evidence about the exchange.
0: God almighty.
3: This fucking
1: sucks. Hey, but it's okay because uh, one of the cops tried to stick up for her. An officer who gave evidence in the tribunal in support of Julie, Lynn Jones, subsequently alleged she was targeted for reprisal disciplinary action, including a misconduct charge for failing to wear her police hat. (laughs) So (sighs) one cop breaks ranks, uh, and then they immediately just pile on that other cop. That's fucking awesome.
3: Cool stuff. Fuck cops.
1: It's just insane how much of, like, the shit everyone knows that cops do. Mm. They can make it perfectly explicit. And everyone's still like, oh, you know.
3: Got to respect them.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> One bad apple. Yeah. Et cetera, you know. Like, mm. uh, the the thing I keep thinking every time I see this, because w- there was also an update not too long ago about um, a story that we spoke about on here ages ago, which was about a disability pensioner getting, like, a wellness visit from a fucking SWAT team, you know. Oh, Yeah and it was like six or seven cops who pulled this guy out of his house onto his front lawn and collectively beat the shit out of him with truncheons, pepper sprayed him, punched him in the face. Um, After pepper spraying him, like washed the pepper spray off his face with a high pressure hose, laughed to each other while they were doing it about how much he likes it, all that kind of thing. And um, their, their case finally got resolved with uh, a judge choosing not to record a conviction against the, I, I think, two of the cops out of the six or seven of them who uh, got charged with assault. And they said, we'll find you guilty of assault but not record a conviction, which is cool. And uh, and yeah, it just... And and even even during that case, the judge was saying to them, because they had continued to plead innocent the entire time, uh, the judge was saying in their remarks, "You have shown like no remorse about this at any point. You have not seemed to acknowledge that you did anything wrong or that you massively abused your powers. You have not offered any kind of apology to this person for what has left them very fucked up over time. You know, um, and yeah, the the big takeaway for me, over and over again, as it should be for all of us, is that." There is no circumstance in which the cops will side with you, a normal member of the public, over other cops. Mm. No. For instead, cops? we'll instead we'll for do fun. this. If there is anybody who does side with you, we will drum them out of the police force uh, for some made-up rules about their hat.
2: We have heard that there are some good apples here, and we're doing our best to get sort rid that of them.
3: Sort <laughs> <Stomp> that
0: out. <laughs> Anyway,
3: mm-hmm. cool. That's a good feel-good story to start nice, with. Nice
0: fun story for us, Ben. Do you have any f- f- oh. funner funner stories? I can't believe you put that on me. That seems unbelievable. Look, yeah, I told you I, I was. I told you I was struggling this morning. It's Father's Day. I'm allowed to have it a is little Father's Day. It day is, Father's is Father's day. day. Happy
3: day to all the dads mm. out there.
0: Thank yeah, you. I've
2: got a message. Uh, just um, hey to all the daddies. Mm. 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 I've been asked to read that out.
1: I um,
0: hope. Read the rest of the message, please. <laughs>
1: Uh, uh, I can't read that on air. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's right. I, I do have a more fun story here, and it's sort of a dad story almost. Oh, okay. uh, I don't want to be kind of gender essentialist here, but I do think that boating is a very dad activity. Um, yeah. This is a, 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 a... And hopefully we can change that. You know, I'd love for it to be just as much a mum activity in the eyes of society. Uh, this is a story from The Guardian. Uh, multiple boats sink in texas lake at pro-trump water parade
3: oh that is a feel-good story isn't it
1: uh a parade of boats in texas celebrating their support for donald trump ended in disarray when multiple (laughs) vessels got into trouble on apparently choppy waters leading to several sinking and a slew of distress calls being made to rescue officials multiple media reports described a chaotic scene on lake travis near the state capital of austin when a procession of boats waving Trump flags and banners motored over the waters, but then got into potentially serious trouble. Videos of the event circulating on social media showed several boats being swamped by waves and sinking as frantic passengers jumped into the water. The Travis County Sheriff's Office received its first call for help relating to the event just after noon, and multiple agencies quickly moved to assist people. So far, no injuries have been reported, according to the New York Times.
0: This is, a, this is a nice bit of karma, this story, because I don't know if anybody saw the video from a, a different Trump boat parade <laughs> from several, <laughs> several weeks beforehand. Um, but basically, they, they do just get together in these big groups and then just churn on down the river wherever they are. And they were like sinking unrelated people's boats because there's like so many of them so close together yep. uh, barreling along that they're just causing like this, this massive swell. Yeah, and And they're
1: doing it in quite narrow areas as well, so you're getting all the waves reflecting back from the shore.
0: Yeah, and there's just, like, a local family who was not part of the parade, who had their boat, like, um, you know, near the shore, and just got sunk, just got all this wash over the sides, and then their boat just went under. It's like, cool, thank you. Thank you, boat parade. Parade of boats is still a very funny concept to me.
1: It seems... It's You know how, like, it's impossible to pin down, but the way Trump refers to things and uses language is always just, like, slightly off. Big, like, beautiful boaters? I love my boaters, you know? I'm, I love my boaters so much. It's just, like, not quite right in a way that I'm like, you just, it's not it. You're not saying it correctly, well, and I don't understand what it is that you're doing wrong.
0: What do you think it is about the, the boaters specifically that appeals to him? Because, in my mind, it's kind of like... um it's kind of like some some weird misguided understanding that he has of, it's, it's something that he could look at and picture that that's like a working class thing that's happening. It's a working class activity right. somehow, yeah. despite oh, the yeah. fact that the, all these people are piloting boats that I could 1000% not afford. <laughs> uh, they all look like boats that would cost you a pretty penny. Mm. And then they all get out there and go, we love our, our big wet boy.
1: But big, then big it Trump. turns out that they are the big wet boys because they're both capsized. <laughs> the uh, The lead image for this that the the New York Times used for their story is amazing. It's just like a family in like a smallish like center console boat that is being swamped by enormous waves while they're all still holding their drinks, trying to keep them balanced. Oh, that's amazing! It's very satisfying to look at. Uh, yeah. and it's like there's a couple of videos going around at the moment, and it's one of those things where. It's objectively funny because no one is getting hurt. Like, it, it's a, all a very slow capsizing that's taking place. Hmm. There are people in these speedboats where, like, just enough water has gone over the back that they've started to fill up a little. They've started to get lower. Then more water has come in and whatever. So, they're surrounded by dozens of boats of people that are absolutely fine. And they're just standing in these, like, $55,000 boats being like, Going oh, cool. I guess this is. And yeah. that's. Okay, should we grow our stuff? Oh, okay. And then they're just vaguely swimming over to a nearby boat. It's just... Oh, it's so good. There is an unbelievable turnout for that event, though. Like, you, I, I saw a photo where someone had, like, done a big panorama of it, and it is, like, an unbelievable amount of people went, which is why this went so badly. It's very strange, but uh, good on them, you know? They had to go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's a, That's a cool type of like rally or parade, if you will, where mm. the better your attendance is, the worse, uh, oh, <laughs> worse yeah. it's going yeah. to go for be. everybody.
1: <laughs> True. Uh, apparently there was another one of these, I think it was at a lake in Oklahoma, maybe, where they had to call it off uh, because they were having exactly the same problems, which is fun. Just go slower. You know, he's back on the <laughs> throttle, guys.
0: <laughs> you don't have to fuck oh, everyone up.
1: I like this quote from Trump.
3: Yeah, it's funny.
0: (laughs) Trump himself has even spoken out in support of these rallies. I just wish I had time. I'd get on one of those boats and I'd be carrying a flag also. (laughs) I bet you would.
3: Just wish I had time for it. I wish I had the time to boat.
1: (laughs) He's, you know, because he's a classic rich guy, guy. Has, Has he owned a like a super yacht or anything at any point?
3: He'd have to, right?
1: I wouldn't be shocked if he had a problem with boats.
3: Oh. Yeah. Like he's well, scared he of water sharks. or something?
0: He's on record hating oh, sharks. he, he hates know. them so much.
3: Oh. And yeah.
0: where are you likely to encounter a shark? In the yeah. ocean, yes. oh, generally. Oh, no, he,
1: he has definitely owned um, a super yacht. Uh, the but Trump princess.
0: Oh. See, the the problem with like Trump on a yacht is that all I can imagine is him on the yacht, uh, inside the cabin. He's not—he's not, he's not like—he's not out on the bow or anything. He's not holding onto a railing and letting the salt water splash his face. He's inside, below deck, uh, in a suit and tie, and he is standing up
1: swag like, very mm, gently to he's counteract scared
3: of the, the ocean motion of the and he's correct to do so
0: yeah you know case. how he has that like um, crazy forward lean on his stance <laughs> he's just standing up like that that's why uh, he can't
3: stand on the upper deck <laughs> <laughs> st-
0: standing like that uh, on the boat as it moves around the water his head remains perfectly stationary <laughs> but the rest of his body just moves with the boat
1: can, can I um can I read you a little quote here from the website boat international I would love that of course. Uh, a certain level of quality. That is the phrase that Donald Trump returns to again and <coughs> again to explain why he bought Adnan Khashoggi's 86 meter yacht Nabila. A and certain an explanation level of quality. is needed. After all, Trump doesn't water ski or go in for swimming in a big way, and he's always tried to avoid the sun. As a matter of fact, he has never owned a big boat before. He doesn't even particularly like boats. Exactly. I'm not into them, he says with a shrug. <laughs> I've been on friends' boats before and couldn't get off fast
0: enough. <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> it just does not boats. strike me as somebody who it's it's all it's all far too out in the elements for him. Mm, I think. Diesel fumes, yeah. yeah. Even you gotta you gotta walk down to the pier to get on the boat. You know, that's true. You can't oh, just walk. Just imagine walk in him like a-
1: stepping off a pier into like the boat that's taking him out to his boat. Just be like, oh, whoop! <laughs> oh. oh, it's
0: a great visual. So you can imagine him liking planes a lot more because he's such a he's also like a big clean freak, isn't he?
1: He is, yeah, big germaphobe.
0: Big germs guy and like, yeah, the ocean is it's one big, big toilet. Big germs
1: guy. <laughs>
0: big, in the pocket of big germ. Oh boy, um, yeah, no one wants to fall off a boat and die. Uh, <laughs> if <laughs> if I were to fall off a boat and die though, in the interests of keeping it real, which is what's happening to all of these people at this rally, they've decided to go out and keep it real for Donald Trump. Uh, things have gone the way they've gone. But if I were to die in the service of keeping it real, I would also want my funeral to keep it real.
3: Mm.
0: I see where we're going. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for acknowledging this. Um, I saw this article this week and was just extremely tickled by it. This This is from ABC Sunshine Coast. Which, which I'm assuming is the same outlet that reported on like the guy getting in the car wash last week. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Great team of people up there <laughs> at the ABC Sunshine Coast. Oh, I was concerned about the future of schoolies. So it's the Gold Coast, but close enough. Yeah, well, they're all a, a kind of coast. They're the same
3: know? thing: Sunshine, Gold. They're about the same word. So. Yeah. Very Best similar not colours. To think this is so
0: it. unbelievably disrespectful. <laughs> but fair we're enough. all familiar with the colour of sunshine.
1: It's gold. Sunshine yeah. Coast mm-hmm. good, Gold Coast bad. That's uh, basically that's the crucial distinction. I mean
3: they're the same place, so that doesn't matter. If really you can, any if any if you can picture can the
2: Sunshine Coast as sort of the left cheek and mm-hmm. the gold coast mm-hmm. as sort of the right cheek. Mm-hmm. And you've got a
1: big, beautiful Brisbane right in the middle. And they clap. They
3: clap on Brisbane. That
1: quote from, uh, I think it was Billy Connolly, who went to Brisbane one time, had a really bad experience, then subsequently just kept saying that if the world needed an enema, they'd insert it in Brisbane.
2: (laughs) Rude, but okay. Seems very disrespectful.
0: I I do think, to be fair, that it's a powerful move to go somewhere exactly once. Have a bad time and then just as, like walk around telling people that that's what that place is like. As if yeah. <laughs> as if every single day in history in that location has just been a bad day for everyone who lives there. Oh, you know? Billy
1: Connolly, you could not be more wrong.
0: You are cancelled. Paid for by the Brisbane Tourism Board. Mm-hmm. Yep. You, you would work for them though. Oh,
1: I think. oh, no, I had to do some work with a bunch of people from um Tourism Queensland and it was fucking awful. It was heinous. I had such a horrible time. Huh. Uh PR people. Not a fan going in on Queensland now, I guess. Uh, I mean, I love the state still, just not the people paid to represent it to the rest
0: of the country. Hmm. So anyway, ABC Sunshine Coast uh Coffin confessor Bill Edgar paid to gatecrash Queensland funerals and speak up for the dead. (laughs) (laughs) Something about this story really, really tickled me. Uh, Bill Edgar has, in his own words, quote, no respect for the living. (laughs) (laughs) In his own words. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This guy doesn't care. He's fine. Instead, his loyalty is to the newly departed clients, who hire Mr. Edgar, known as the Coffin Confessor. Oh!
3: Oh!
0: You know, spooky noises. Uh, (laughs) To carry out their wishes from beyond the grave. (laughs) Uh, I don't... I think they just wrote it down, you know. Mr. Edgar runs a business in which for $10,000... I love this as a flat fee. But... (laughs) This That's a lot. I guess you can't really do like a sliding scale depending on the type of revelation. Or what sure, type of ghost yeah. it's going to be. Is it hostile? Yeah. Mm. Oh. Uh, revealing a second family costs like twice as much, you know. Uh, he's engaged by people, quote, knocking on death's door to go to their funerals or gravesides and reveal the secrets they want their loved ones to know. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Ten grand. You could just ask your friend to do this.
0: Yeah. I'm going to get this guy to go to my funeral and, like, reveal my Funko Pop collection to my <laughs> wife. Yeah. You need to break down the false wall in the back of the house. Oh, um, Mr. Edgar, a Gold Coast private investigator. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> the pop tickets. Uh, so the idea for his graveside hustle, don't call it that. Mm.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't never, Never do a post on LinkedIn that includes the words. Graveside Hustle.
1: A graveside Hustle sounds like one of those like short-lived dance crazes mm. in the 70s.
0: It <laughs> came when he was working for a terminally ill man. Uh, quote, we got on the topic of dying and death, and he said he'd like to do something, Mr. Edgar said. I said, well, I could always crash your funeral for you. And a few weeks later, the man called and took Mr. Edgar up on his offer, and a business was born. I love when a business is born. Mm. In almost two years, he has crashed 22 funerals and graveside events, spilling the tightly held secrets of his clients who pay a flat fee of $10,000 for his services. Dressed in tailored pants and vest. What an odd detail to put in there. The pants are tailored?
2: The vest is not. Oh, you I? do assume he's wearing no shirt?
3: <laughs> <laughs> he's so, I hope so.
1: He's not wearing a jacket, right? That's the implication there. I just... Tailored pants is a very odd phrase to be here. To I be mean, like, oof, a wonderful cut on your pant leg there. Are those tailored? I'll include that in the story.
0: Uh, perhaps it is to imply that he is somewhat classy, you know? Oh, sure. Mm. Like a like a private detective in a nice suit. Or perhaps that he's keeping it respectful at mm. the funerals <laughs> that he is showing up at to to say things. Yeah. To just stand up and shout, secretly gay, at some point. <laughs> 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 Oh, so sorry, the second half of this sentence does answer the question. Dressed in tailored pants and vest, Mr. Edgar said he was very respectful in the way he carried out his job. It
1: wouldn't even catch him going in there in untailored pants.
0: This is this is <laughs> so great that he that he considers this part respectful. I actually blend in with the mourners, he said. I sit with the family and friends. I sit in the middle with everybody. <laughs> it's <pretty laughs> weird.
3: You just be like, who the fuck is this guy? It's <laughs>
0: There's there's nothing more respectful than insinuating yourself into a funeral as though you were just a loved f- one of the Just departed. trying to fit in,
2: like, oh hey, yeah, yeah, no, no, um, no, I'm a distant relative. Yeah, yeah, no. She she kind of she buried a dog after it ate all the chocolate <laughs> out of the cup. <laughs> just nothing
3: pushing his s- way on the couch between you know the mother and the sister, <laughs> just putting his arms around them.
0: Yeah, it's very fucking sad, isn't it, ladies? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In the case of his very first client, Mr. Edgar said he was instructed to interrupt the man's best friend while he was delivering the eulogy. I was to tell the best mate to sit down and shut up, he said. <laughs> uh, he knew that his best mate had been trying to have an affair with his wife. Oh no,
3: Oh
0: I love Dog and like, the Lad from Beyond the Grave.
3: <laughs> this is uh,
0: I don't feel like this is a, this is like a confession or anything. This is just a, a posthumous own.
1: Mm-hmm. But Shut up, Tony. Might have been better served doing it in person before he died. But uh, what are you going to do?
0: Maybe, but $10,000 is a small price to pay to have somebody else do your dirty work. That's so true. <laughs> um, I've also had to ask three mourners to stand up and leave the service. And if they didn't, I was to escort them out? Mm. Is this under the official powers of the <laughs> funeral yeah, like, crashers?
3: What are you going to do? They'll just be like, No. <laughs>
0: To scream, go on, get at them until they leave. Go on,
3: throw some rocks at them.
0: I was to immediately start pepper spraying the audience. (laughs) (laughs) With this funeral. Uh, My client didn't want them at his funeral. And like he said, it's his funeral and he wants to leave how he wanted to leave. Not on somebody else's terms. No haters. No haters at my funeral. Mm.
3: I don't want haters at my funeral, to be fair. It's the last thing you want.
0: And I guess like, uh, you know... You don't get an invitation to a funeral. You just kinda of show up. So that's it's not true, like,
3: you can just show up.
0: Yeah, you can't not invite someone to your funeral, I guess. Huh. Yeah, I guess that's true.
1: I don't really know how funerals work. Never had one.
0: You need more of a uh more of like a velvet rope at the front bouncer type situation.
1: Just consulting clipboard
0: being like, uh, the club is full, gentlemen. Mm. You're not on the list, or you are on the list of three people that has a big (laughs) fuck you written next to it. I'm to tell you, fuck you, and then not let you into the funeral. Despite the confronting nature of his job, which uh, I'm sure is still very respectful, as he said earlier. (laughs) Nothing more respectful than a confrontation. Despite the confronting nature of his job, Mr. Edgar said, quote, once you get the crowd on your side, you're pretty right. (laughs) Bit of warm-up work, type five. What do you guys think about the M three? <laughs> oh I just this this paints such a picture to me though. He has stood up and started to say, "Hear me out, these three people who are all family members of yours uh, and not mine, a guy you don't know who just stood up at this funeral. I imagine people are booing, possibly asking him to be quiet and sit down and he's like, no, no, you just gotta push through the first. 15 or 20 minutes of this. <laughs> yeah. Once, once you're in there, you're in there. He said, uh, once you get the crowd on your side, you're pretty right, Qu- because mourners were keen to know what was left unsaid. People let love to speak. Goss. Let him speak. Let him give the gossip.
3: Spill the tea, sir. Yes.
0: <laughs> uh, he says, some clients never had the opportunity to reveal their secrets while they were alive. That is not true.
3: Not at all true. You can reveal a secret at any time.
0: You really can. Uh, I think what he's actually saying is that all of his clients are cowards.
3: Yes.
1: Yep. And Uh, we would never
0: say that, but that's essentially what he is saying. I'm saying it. Uh, (laughs) When people are knocking on death's door, some of them are alone for six to 12 months before they die and they never see anybody. Oh, that's quite sad. Uh, the worst thing of all is the ones. <clears throat> pardon me. The worst thing of all is the ones they thought loved them become the most biggest, the love them the most. All right, I'm gonna give this one more try. then. <laughs> sure, go for it. to put a little note in there to say pick one of one of the reads of this sentence.
1: Yeah, I'll definitely edit
0: this out. <sighs> oh, <boy. laughs> this is revenge on me for never editing other things out, isn't it?
1: Mm. Yes. Mm, well.
0: The worst thing of all is the ones they thought loved them the most become the biggest vultures in their life. Going Stan Lee mode. Uh, He said his most confronting job was telling mourners at a bikey's funeral that his client was gay and his lover was in the audience.
3: (laughs) This didn't happen. Come on.
0: It doesn't sound real, does it?
3: Sounds a bit made up. This guy's grifting us, that's my opinion. He's going to the news and talking about all this. He's trying to get another 10 grand fee.
1: I bet he's done this twice, max, mm. a maximum of two times before.
3: Do this there... three times a year, though. You've made your living.
0: That's there true. is something good about a local news story, which at its core is somebody went to a reporter and said, can you hand out these business cards for me? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, like, remember when we had that story about the, the guy who was like, oh... Millennials are turning down seven thousand dollar a day jobs. Yeah, Mm. it's just
3: like someone's anecdote.
0: But really it's just him saying, Hey, I run a construction business and I would like some more employees who don't ask too many questions about their rights.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (sighs) Mr. Edgar said his arrogance was what made his job possible. Good on him.
1: Good
3: for you, sir. (laughs) You gotta find your strengths, you know. (laughs) Sure. All right. Oh, I'm
0: a bit of a prick. Wait a second.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Gotta monetize this.
0: I think I think he thought of the idea and worked his way backwards into it. What if there was a way I could upset people at a funeral? <laughs> now, now, how? how I've been doing s- it for free this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh, never, never do something that you love for free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll never work a day in your life. You know. Said, I've been to a church service where I actually had to ask the priest to sit down and be quiet because my client didn't want a religious service, he said. What? What? No, Mm. you didn't. Your client was very bad at communicating to people, I would say. Maybe you shouldn't have paid for the religious service then. (laughs) What's the the implication here, actually, do we think? Is the implication like somebody has come from a staunchly religious family and they've told their family, I don't want a religious funeral? And they've been like. Has to be. You, Has you, to be. You're getting one anyway, yeah. Because you know we can't have you down there when we're all when we're all up top. <laughs> we'll never find you. You know, you know the <laughs> up, the upper deck, also known as heaven. Uh, the priest was quite un- was quite offended, but at the same time he understood. <laughs> Did he? Or was he just terrified of the man that just started yelling in the middle of a funeral? <laughs> Uh, This guy's pointing his can of pepper spray right at my face (laughs) as he tells me to sit down. Mr. Edgar protects himself legally by recording his client's confession and also provides them with a disclosure statement. Uh, Quote, Especially if I'm asked to go into a premises that the person used to own and get rid of some items that they don't want their kids to find, he said. Big Funko Pop collections, (laughs) body pillows... Uh, what, what are you burning before someone can find it, Ben?
1: Um, nothing. I, I live my life out in the open. Anyone can go through any of my things and I want them to be like, oh, that makes sense.
0: Alright, now over to someone who doesn't live all of their life out in the open, it's Theo. What are hey, you burning?
1: No, I've,
2: I've
0: gotten rid of all of my secrets. They're gone now. <laughs> oh, you don't have any? No. You oh. buried, buried them deep, huh? Mm-mm. I hope that none of them ever come back to haunt you. That would be unfortunate. Is that a threat? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. I haven't found any of them yet. Now, just so. sign this disclosure statement. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Flat fee, payable on death. Uh, it could be sexual items. It could be pornography. Mm. Legendary non-sexual item. Uh, it, could be, <laughs> it could be money, drugs, guns. The instructions to basically destroy everything. Des- why a- would
3: you destroy money?
0: Mm. Would you destroy money? Don't That's you like- just... You put the money in your pocket and then you say, ah, money destroyed. Mm, I took care of it. I destroyed (laughs) your embarrassing
1: stack of 20s that you
0: had. Mm.
3: Didn't (laughs) want your wife to find that one.
0: Yep. And then you pick up the drugs and you put that Mm. into the breast pocket of your tailored suit and you say, drugs destroyed. (laughs) I gave all
2: of your pornography to a street urchin.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, you do what any responsible person disposing of pornography does. uh, And you leave it in the woods near Rachel's play. Yes.
0: You take it around, uh, and you and you distribute it through the through the green areas of your city, like some sort of uh, Johnny Apple Applecum.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Putting eight to nine Ralph magazines uh, just in a gutter somewhere and be like, God, I hope these are appreciated.
0: What if anybody has ever found like a nuts or a zoo and then just been disappointed and thrown it back?
1: Oh, I mean, like oh, wait Probably. these ones don't even ah. have titties in them. It's God a soft damn it. Core.
0: Mm. Because you you got your sliding scale. Playboy's right in the middle, right?
3: You uh-huh. guys know.
0: No. Did you we guys know that for a little while there, a couple of years ago, Playboy were like, we're not doing nude pictures anymore. Yeah, they yeah. tried to
2: go like Ralph.
0: Yeah, they just went, what if we didn't show uh, anybody's pussy in our magazine? And people said, I'm sorry, Playboy? I will no longer be purchasing a magazine <laughs> And they said, the titties are back uh, Very quickly It seemed to happen very quickly I would love to have been at the meeting Where they agreed to take the nudity Out of Playboy That would have been good
2: Also, I would say that um, It's very wasteful to destroy the pornography Give it to like kids that are in need Push it under the doorway of a Ronald McDonald house
3: <laughs> Big old <laughs> stack of pornos <laughs> We support giving porn to children.
1: That is a stated position of this podcast. I remember well, being like, I don't know, fucking eleven or something, and a group of us finding uh some sort of porno mag that someone had tried to set on fire. So like <laughs> it was basically just half of it, like from the spine to halfway across the page was still sort of salvageable. And we were just like, Oh, this is amazing. We are seeing oh, the left pity of so many women. <laughs>
0: I'm seeing one breast, one hip. I'm in heaven, (laughs) and that's enough for me. (laughs) Oh, boy. Hello.
1: It's me, Ben, uh, from this podcast. Merriam-Webster defines a podcast as a program made available in digital format for automatic download over the internet, and that simply could not be more true. If you like what we do and want more of this podcast made available to you in digital format for automatic download over the internet, simply go to patreon.com slash and hit the enormous red button that says subscribe. For five US dollars a month, you get access to our weekly bonus episodes, our entire archive of bonus episodes, our exclusive Discord server, and an RSS feed of both bonus episodes and free episodes that doesn't have these ads in them. That sweet, sweet subscriber cash allows me to do this show full time without having to get a real job, and frankly, that whips to me. The other guys also get some money or whatever, but I no, don't really care. Anyway, check that out if it sounds good to you. Love you.
0: So, could be pornography that also gets destroyed by distributing it around the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the, the gun is maybe the only thing I wouldn't keep, but I also don't know how to destroy it. So, can mm. you destroy oh, a yeah. gun, Theo. If you're, if you're tasked with getting rid of a gun, what's your first move?
2: Well, if I had a client... That needed me to get rid of a gun mm-hmm. um, Like urgently Like the last thing He's actually hired me to get rid of the gun um, On his deathbed
0: Got your $10,000 fee
2: Yeah, $10,000 fee, signed confession I think the only thing I could do Would be to turn it into the police uh, Because they'll take care of it
0: mm. They'll keep the gun safe, I think
3: Not me, I would shoot it with a different gun <laughs> <laughs>
0: And then you gotta find somewhere to dispose of that gun. Yeah, leads, leads to a bigger gun. <laughs> I would
3: it's the
1: simply, gun problem that they but, talk
0: about. I would dissemble
1: the gun into its component pieces and then drop each component piece into a different chimney on the tenement building that
0: I live in. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> would have thought you could just throw it into the old muddy Brisbane River. Oh yeah, that's probably the best one. That's what people With the do, rest of right? the guns.
1: The people that fucking um, what do they call those things? The people that put a magnet on the end of a string and throw it into the river to... Oh. Uh, what is that? And they basically, they either find, like, trash or weapons that have been used in crimes. These are <laughs> only two kinds of things that they find.
0: What, what is the term for it? Because... Depth uh, sounding. It's not that. No, I was trying to remember the name of the people who use, um... People who use metal detectors.
1: Uh, detectorists. Detectors. Okay. I think. Oh, sorry. I... I think they just call it magnet fishing when you uh, <laughs> do the magnet thing. It's searching oh, in outdoor boy. waters for ferromagnetic <laughs> objects. Cool. I guess. Oh my god, this is amazing! So the second line of the magnet fishing Wikipedia article, uh, following on from the one I just read out, is the hobby has been adopted by celebrities such as English rugby player James Haskell. Okay. Great.
3: Sure. Hope he's enjoying himself.
1: I I bet he is. Yeah, I've got a friend that doesn't. He just finds knives,
0: mostly. (laughs) Yikes. Mr Edgar said that while some were, quote, dismayed and disappointed by his graveside revelations, many were often well-received. Everybody stood up and clapped for me. (laughs) (laughs) Most people are happy because they've heard from the actual person that they love, he said, via me.
2: No chance of that. Before. Yes. Just now. Once once again,
0: no way for this to have been coordinated he's, pre-death.
3: He's not even doing a seance. He's just passing on a message that you could have just scheduled as a tweet, you know? That's <laughs> <laughs> what scheduled a normal person tweet, would do. I
1: was gay. <laughs> I'm also gonna have that go up, but it won't yeah. be a surprise, Missed. it'll just be like a reminder.
2: <laughs> what new- if you survived? <laughs>
1: Oh, it means
0: conversion therapy works. Who knew? <laughs> uh, he said uh, the unusual nature of Mister Edgar's job has caught the eye of the entertainment industry, and he has signed uh, a deal for it to be cats. made into a movie or drama series. Oh, no. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be one of those Australian like underbelly level kind of shows.
1: Uh, I was picturing one of the Australian like the only type of comedy we make, which is like a very low stakes crime caper one. Mick Malloy is a lazy guy, but he's got to steal something. Mm Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. Fucking, What's his name? Sean McAuliffe is in there for like 10 seconds, and it's the highlight of the movie. Looking Uh, forward to it.
0: He said his role could be played by either a man or a woman, uh, but, quote, someone with the voice of Russell Crowe would be perfect. Mm. It could be a man or a woman, but Mm. ideally, they will have the voice of Russell Crowe.
1: Any any gender is fine I will not budge on them sounding like Russell Crowe <laughs>
0: uh, If we have to dub it in afterwards That's fine <laughs> We'll do it in post it seems Jackie like Weaver it w- <laughs> but with Russell Crowe's voice <laughs> <laughs> Seems like it would be easier to just hire Russell Crowe And maybe that's what he's fishing for You know Who could say When priests and funeral directors have tried to prevent Mr. Edgar from delivering his secrets, he has not let that stop him from delivering on his contract with the deceased. I say, well, this is the contract I have with my client. If it doesn't go ahead, I take my client with me, he said. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That means that I've arranged previously to have the body of my client taken away and cremated or buried at a private ceremony. So... He's Let me a- do what I want with the corpse, mm-hmm. or, or i am take taking the corpse, the corpse and leave.
1: Let me I ruin this funeral,
0: or I am going to steal the body. He truly is the funeral ruiner, right? Not the gateside Yeah, he's ruining crasher. these funerals. Wow. And then, yeah, I've, uh, people get upset, weirdly, at somebody standing up from the middle of the section of the family <laughs> at a funeral. <laughs> saying, I have a secret to reveal... Plays like a dramatic stinger on his phone. (laughs) And people get upset. And then I say, I am ready to wheel this corpse out of here. God almighty. Because ultimately, Mr. Edgar said, his job was to respect his client's wishes. How many funerals have you been to and you've listened to absolute crap, he said. What? Pardon? What I've always said is that you should be very judgmental of how people grieve. Mm. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
3: just listening to a grieving mother being like, "God, oh, this is some shit."
1: Wind it up, lady.
3: <laughs> Wrap it. We up. get it.
0: You loved your husband, for <laughs> fuck's sake. If uh, if you don't, what like what's what's the ideal scenario here? Is that that like his quote un this other guy's quote unquote best friend would have been standing up at the funeral saying, "I was trying to fuck his wife." And then he could have said, oh, cool, I don't need to stand up and say anything.
1: (laughs) I just made myself 10 grand. I don't
0: even have to do anything. Cool. Everybody's upset now. If you hear something at a funeral and you don't like it, stand up and say something. Become your own confessor.
1: Don't. No, don't. Don't. (laughs) That would be my recommendation.
3: Imagine a scenario in which I hear something at a funeral that I don't like. And I just really have to stand up and be like, no, fuck off.
0: Like. Let's get into it. I think this guy is picturing become your own confessor as the tagline on the movie poster. Mm. Oh, yeah. Under Russell Crowe's stern but handsome face. You know? Psychologist Shona Innes said enlisting the help of a person like Mr. Edgar was the ultimate avoidance. Mm.
3: <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> Ten grand to avoid things. Oh.
0: It's certainly not healthy, she said. I think it's better to resolve these things while you're alive. Wow. Well, only if there was some kind of way to do that, yeah. and well, there isn't. Yeah, works for some. <laughs> <laughs> different strokes for different folks. That's that's what we say around here. Miss Innes said, "Paying a stranger to quote drop a bombshell from the grave and then leave a grieving family to deal with it could be very dangerous."
2: Ah, uh, but what if uh, he also took the corpse? <laughs> <laughs>
1: This could be very dangerous unless he's wearing tailored pants. I yep. believe the quote continues. <laughs>
2: yeah, pockets full of uh, stolen guns.
0: <laughs> imagine the idea. Imagine the idea that, like, you know, you could just stand up at a funeral and say, "Look, I have a piece of paper here that is a signed contract that says I can take the corpse from this wedding and leave. Goodbye." And everybody going, "Oh, okay, sure." Well, we it's got a go. contract. I didn't right read a piece the piece of paper, but that sounds legit. So fantastic. <laughs> Grief is complex enough, but something like this can complicate the grieving process for family and friends. She said, "How is he taking care of these people?" And it's simple. He's not. Um, I want to get this guy's whole deal, which is where you get paid ten thousand dollars to draw up a contract with somebody who is dying, and then they die, and you just go on with your life. You don't go to the funeral. That's, mm. that's my version of this business model. Uh, you take $10,000 from someone to make them feel like they have resolved oh. an issue that they were not brave enough to resolve yeah. in real life. Mm. This is kind of like a, um, you know those TV shows like Touched by an Angel? Uh, yes. The Quantum Leap, the, the weekly procedural where somebody comes in and resolves a big issue in somebody's life. It's it's just this, except at the end of the episode, the person dies, and I smile and turn around and get on a Greyhound bus out of town. Touched by (laughs) it, Andrew. (laughs) Pockets bulging with money, drugs, drugs, pornography, (laughs) big fat ten thousand dollar check, and I just. I, I smile a as the body scam this is. <laughs> smile as The body gets put into the back of the coroner's van, <laughs> and I blow town. Looks like my work here is done. <laughs> That's right. And then people just get to have a normal funeral without some fucking idiot standing up and going, "Hey, did everyone know about this guy's problems?" <laughs> you want to know? You want to hear how much this guy hated his brother? Oh man, what a gig! What a rock solid gig to get for an eminently qualified person. Uh much like former Prime Minister Tony Abbott. Mm.
3: <laughs> Tony's back.
0: We haven't had Tony time in a while. Uh, it is it's much Tony regretfully announced Tony time. <laughs> yes. Um I think Tony kinda Tony kinda makes you miss the days of like a, a real kind of pure incompetence, you know? Mm. Something something unabashed and guileless about it. The mm. way that he just never at any point had any any grasp, any grip on what he was doing.
3: Just an openly terrible person too. Yeah. Just all out there with it.
1: Perfectly happy with being a complete shithead. Just profoundly weird on every <laughs> level, unable to relate to anyone around him. It's just There was something very satisfying about like it's very easy to direct like criticisms at him in a way that with Scott Morrison you're like, well he's being insincere and it's annoying and you can, you can tell from how he talks that he's insincere well, Tony Abbott, you're like, he just licked his eyeballs while he was talking to a lady what the <laughs> fuck was <laughs> up with that?
0: Oh, tones um, maybe that's why he's spending so much time in the UK because you can probably just fit in more as a normal dude with the whole vibe of politicians that they have over there.
3: Just weird units
0: Um, So he has been appointed as their trade minister, which is very funny why he's popping up in the news and giving speeches and stuff over there. Uh, So this is from The Guardian. Uh, Tony Abbott, the former Australian prime minister, tipped to become a UK trade envoy, that has been announced uh, post this story, has railed against COVID, quote, health dictatorships, saying the economic cost of lockdowns meant families should be allowed to consider... Letting elderly relatives with the coronavirus die by letting nature take its course.
3: (laughs) He just says these things. He just comes out and says it.
2: No one
0: asks him.
3: No one asked him for this.
0: He's uh, dressed like Dr. Malcolm from Jurassic Park. (laughs) saying, uh, uh, Death finds a way. He claimed it was costing the Australian government as much as two hundred thousand dollars to give an elderly person an extra year of life, substantially beyond what governments would usually pay for life-saving drugs. And hey, isn't that what it's about? The bill.
3: It is about the bill. I would
1: love for him to give me a hard number on how much
0: a year of an elderly person's life is worth. It's yeah, that's kind of the thing where once you start getting into like, well, this is a bit too much. Like, okay, let's. Okay, how much is enough? Let's start doing the prices right closest without going over. Sixty
1: thousand dollars? Is it worth sixty thousand dollars?
0: How much is a young person's year of life worth?
3: Gotta <laughs> change the price on your age.
0: It's very strange. <laughs> I think you can just keep those conversations completely contextual because if it's a very young person you can say, Oh well you haven't like been paying into the into the government coffers for your whole life, mm. like these these old people who've done their time, they've served their country, you know, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and then you start talking about the old person. It's like, hey, they've had a great run. They've had their whole beautiful life. They don't have their whole life ahead of them. Like these young people who we're not going back to talking about. Uh, he, so, he said not enough politicians were, quote, thinking like health economists, which mm. I guess he's referring uh-huh. to himself as I doing. I think so. A <laughs> classically trained mind. Well, remember, he was uh, Australia's health minister at one point, And everybody loved that. Uh, That went swimmingly. He said, not enough politicians were, quote, thinking like health economists trained to pose uncomfortable questions about the level of deaths we might have to live with. More politicians should have asked whether the cure was proportionate to the disease.
3: Mm. Because
0: that's what it's about. It's about finding what is the least number of people we can save. What is the smallest number of survivors we're all happy with?
3: Who is expendable?
0: Uh, hmm. Mm. Yep. Who knows? It's a bad time for anyone with the virus, he says, but it's also a bad time for people that would rather not be dictated to by officials, uh. however well meaning. Yeah, here we he go. Right, here it is. In a speech at the policy exchange think tank in London, um, the however well meaning is doing a bit of lifting there, isn't it? I think the, the meaning well is like meaning. For all of your relatives to not die, am I right there? Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. I
1: just, I love. It's a bad time for anyone with the virus. Oh, you've got COVID. That's pretty bad. But other people are being told to do things that stop them from getting COVID,
0: and that's, that's right. just as bad. That that is another kind of death. Dictator
3: you know? Dan, I've been saying this.
0: Mm. Slippery Dan Andrews. <laughs> In this climate of fear, it's hard for governments to ask how much is a life worth. Because every life is precious and every death is sad, but that has never stopped families sometimes electing to make elderly relatives as comfortable as possible while nature takes its course. Mm -hmm. While beautiful mother nature, while Gaia herself Mm -hmm. comes Mm -hmm. down and takes your family members in her warm embrace.
1: And makes them cough themselves to death.
0: Yes. Yes. And I thought when I saw this... um, I feel like maybe Tony Abbott has made some claims about this type of thing in the past. This is from the Australian Associated Press in 2017. Uh, Former Prime Minister Tony Abbott has joined Paul Keating in urging Victorian politicians to oppose a euthanasia bill that has been passed by the lower house. I want them to block it and at the very least I would like them to delay it until after the next election so the public has more time to think about it, Abbott told The Weekend Australian. I think we'll regard this as a sad milestone in our decline as a decent society. It marks our descent into a country which regards human beings as disposable. Oh. And, and we don't want anyone ever to be regarded as useless, worthless, or disposable.
3: <laughs> oh, it's incredible. These we people just that. don't actually think any of what they say. They have no
1: beliefs. They have nothing, nothing whatsoever.
0: I think uh, Lucy and I were talking about this the other night. Um, I kind of, that is the thing that I kind of miss about Tony Abbott is that it's never been more transparent with a politician that somebody was only speaking to the audience that was directly in front of them. Uh, There's something nice about that, that he was just like any, any conversation he was having would just be like, I am telling the, the person I am currently looking at exactly what I want them to hear. It's kind of the inverse of, you know, the Donald Trump thing of, like, the last person he spoke to
3: Mm -hmm. is the
0: person where he goes, yeah, that that kind of makes sense. Beautiful boaters.
3: Yeah, that's Tony. Abortions for some, miniature American flags for others. (laughs) (laughs) That's right.
0: (laughs) Love it. Tony, well... uh, Salutes to the UK because Tony's going to be... Will he be living over there or is he just like a...
3: Hopefully. Take him off of our hands.
1: He got granted an exception to go over there, which is uh, pretty fucking awesome. Very cool. Yeah, cool stuff. Well, honestly, I mean very cool because it means he's not here anymore. I'm fucking
0: thrilled. Yeah. Uh, You guys can deal with him. He can go over there and just hang out with all the turfs. British style. And I think that's about all we have time for this week. Wow, uh, it. it's, it's time for Father's Day lunch, everybody. What are you, what are you doing for Father's Day lunch? Uh, we're going over to my mummy and daddy's house. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, mm-hmm. daddy. Oh God, no. Andrew Fa-
3: wouldn't buy his dad the card that said daddy on it.
0: Mm, which, wow. Well, <laughs> we, we spent a long time looking at cards yesterday <laughs> in uh, the Canberra Center, which apparently had every other resident of Canberra in it. Mm. And uh, we, we went through there to get, like, a Father's Day gift and so that Lucy could be outside for the first time in six months.
3: Didn't care for it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there were so many people. Uh, Blasting
3: their fucking particles just all over me.
0: It was. We were all doing the particle dance, mm. wafting around in each other's filth. Ugh. So many people. And um, apparently, it turns out, we discovered afterwards that the Canberra Centre had a promotion on, which is what well, was it, Lucy?
3: Something about you spend 150 bucks and get a 50 dollar voucher. So everyone in Canberra was there. It wasn't good.
0: Everybody, everybody was down there, queued up at the front of uh, Mecca Mecca, <laughs> the Mecca <get>, to Apple Store <laughs> to get let in, and everybody doing their big queue at the Apple oh Store, no. getting getting their temperature taken by the staff before they go in. You gotta cool. have
3: your Apple products. <sighs>
0: But I got to eat a whole aisle snack pack and that's what it's all about.
1: Oh, I did see Lucy post a picture of one mm-hmm. and I'm fucking I've been starving for one ever
0: since it. So very exciting. Pack. It's so good. Uh, so yeah. That's it. Happy Father's Day, everybody.
3: Happy Dad's Day, Happy Dad's Father's
0: Day. Day. <laughs> <laughs> Is that and uh,
1: we'll just cut that off. I, I was, was watching the
3: hockey.
1: So. Oh, my I'm gonna press stop.